Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. But Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. For those who live according to their flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their mind or their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Come on. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Man, I don't even have to preach. I can just read this and we can go home. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Hallelujah. If, in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if in Christ or but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead, your physical body, because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We thank you for the Holy Spirit today. I thank you that we know the Holy Spirit, that we can recognize and hear the Holy Spirit, that we can respond to the inner man, to the inner witness. I thank you, Father right now for every single person today begins to have a knowledge and understanding of your word when it comes to being led by the spirit we thank you in the name of jesus we can go ahead and be seated today i'm going to continue on talking about the spirit of god the holy spirit last week we talked about your identity in the spirit and we talked about the difference between your spirit and your soul remember we read out of james chapter 1 how it said to receive the engrafted word of God that is able to save your souls. This letter was written to the church, so these people are already saved. So how can your soul be saved again? Well, we know that we weren't saved in our soul. We were saved in our spirit. It was your spirit that changed, that has a new nature, according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says that you are a new creation or new creature, and all things or old things have passed away. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 1-2, to offer yourself up as a living sacrifice unto God, which is your reasonable service. And it says to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, and your mind is your soul, which is your mind, will, your emotions, your feelings. Come on. So we know as Christians, we live different to the culture. To the world. We don't live according to our flesh or to our soul or to our mind, but no, we renew our mind or restore our mind according to what? God's word. Can I get an amen? Can I teach you today? 
Now, continuing in Romans chapter 8, verse 12, it says this. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live according to the spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body. And you will live for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. And this is where we're going to stand. For all who are led by the spirit of God. Led are sons of God. See, in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27, it says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost beings. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, see, the Holy Spirit will guide us through our own spirit. Amen? So last week we talked about how we live through our spirit. So if we're living through our spirit, this is where the inner man or the Holy Spirit will speak to us. A lot of times we call it an unction, or we call it an intuition. We call it a knowing. We have this gut feeling. Who's ever heard, said that before? You felt that in your gut. Well, that is the inner man who bears witness to your spirit. Amen? That word lead or led means this, to take one, to lead or to conduct or to guide or to direct, to lead through, to move. See, this is the Holy Spirit in what he does. He guides us. He comforts us. He helps us. See, Paul didn't say as many as go to church are the sons of God. He did not say as many as read their Bibles, they are the sons of God. He did not say as many are patriot Australians or Americans are sons of God. He didn't say as many as take communion, they are the sons of God. No, in this text specifically... He says the test of sonship is whether or not a person is led by the Spirit of God. Who are you being led by today? Or can I say, what are you being led by today? How does the Holy Spirit lead us? Well, he will lead us by guiding us. He will lead us by his governing authority. Hallelujah. Can I tell you right now that there is an authority that you hear and hear. When he speaks to you, you know it's God. You can sense it. There's authority that comes from the Holy Spirit. See, we are led as we cooperate with that leading. You got to cooperate with it. You got to agree with it. And what does cooperation mean? Well, that means when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you know he's speaking to you, that means be obedient. See, where does he lead you into? Well, he leads you into repentance. He leads you into think little of yourself and much of him. So, can I just help you today? If you're being led today and you're thinking about yourself in the process of being led, it probably isn't the Holy Spirit. It's probably yourself. He leads us into truth. The Bible says that he is the spirit of truth who will lead you into what? All truth. He leads you into love. He leads you into holiness. See, the Bible says, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. See, living as a child of God means this, an intimate, joyful relationship with God, not like the bondage and the fear demonstrated by the law. It's a child of God that can have a relationship with God so close, and within the next verse it says that you can cry out, Abba, Father, or Daddy. This is the relationship that God has given you. You can say, Daddy, I have a son. He's seven years old. 
And can I tell you, there's nothing greater than hearing him say, Daddy, will you help me? Daddy, will you talk to me? Daddy, I need you. I love it. And God tell you, it's the same with the Father. He wants you to come to him and say, Daddy. See, the problem is we live according to the flesh most of the time. And the flesh and the spirit oppose one another. Let me prove it. Well, the flesh will cause doubt. The spirit will cause faith. The flesh will cause fear. The spirit will cause peace. The flesh will cause confusion. The spirit will cause clarity. The flesh will cause sadness. The spirit will cause joy. The flesh will cause division. The spirit will cause unity. The flesh will cause hate. The spirit will cause love. The flesh will cause hopelessness. The spirit will cause hope. It's complete opposite of one another. It's opposite. See, when we cry out, Abba, Father, a lot of times we think we're disqualified for it. But this scripture just said, for you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption. Now, adoption in the Roman world of this first century time, an adopted son was a person chosen by his adopted father to have his name and to inherit his estate. He was no, or he was now in status with his adopted father. And see, and under Roman adoption, the life and the standing of the adopted child changed completely. I hope you're understanding this. See, the adopted son lost all of its rights in his old family. And he gained all new rights in his new family. You've been purchased and bought in a new family, church. See, the old life of the adopted son was completely wiped out with all of his debts being canceled. Hallelujah. With nothing from his past counting against him anymore. You're adopted into the family of Christ. Hallelujah. See, when I'm led by the Spirit, I can't be led by anything else. It's impossible. When I follow the voice of God, when I live according to his word, nothing else can lead me. So the Holy Spirit we know is the guide, the comforter. He's that inner witness. It says that he bears witness with our spirit. What is the opposite of the spirit then? Your flesh. You know... And what feeds this flesh? There's a lot of things, but we're going to pick out a couple of them. First one, foremost, is you. What you set yourself around. What you listen to. What you watch. Your environment. The people you're around. See, there's many of you that haven't been walking with the Lord long. And there's some of you that have been walking with the Lord for a long time. And can I tell you that it's important the environment that you put yourself in. Because it can either contaminate and distract you and cause you to get off course. But when you come in an environment like this, when you set your house for an environment for the Holy Spirit to dwell in, when you give Him your life, when you give Him your house, when you give Him everything, see, in this environment, there's a reason why you feel the way you feel. There's a reason why you feel hope. There's a reason why you feel joy. There's a reason why when you leave this place, you feel full. But when you go back out there, can I tell you that you can take it with you? Because the Holy Spirit is with you. 
He's in you. Your spirit has changed. You don't have to think that you can only have it within here. But can I tell you, when we all come in here together in one mind and one spirit in unity, you know, we think services right now are crazy. They're supposed to be a lot crazier than what they are right now. See, services are really supposed to be about us coming together and offering up our worship to God, but we are so focused on ourselves that we have to get rid of all these things within us before we can even receive from God. You know, what if service is about this, where people would come that are broken and they would be made whole, where people were sick in their body and they would be made free and they would be healed, rather than being constantly dominated and defeated by our sin and our own weakness. No, we came in here knowing that we are new creatures, new in Christ. We are overcomers. We have victory through Jesus, and we came in here ready to worship. I mean, what did you do last night? Were you stirring yourself up? Were you preparing yourself for coming into this place to worship God? Were you preparing your heart, or are you doing something that was just distracting? you that was causing you to not live according to the spirit i know this might be a little hard but church we got to mature we got to grow we got to develop we have to because there are people out there that need what you have see we are called and purpose to build his kingdom if you want to know your purpose if you want to know what god has purposed for your life is to build his kingdom everything else will follow we know that Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added to your life. So teenager, if you're having a hard time right now with knowing your purpose, can I tell you right now, pursue God. Adult, pursue God if you don't know your purpose. If you are lacking clarity and direction and not knowing what to do, pursue God. Get in the house of God. Stay committed. We got Christians that are having a hard time commit because they are committing to other things other than God. See, you got to be careful what you allow in. You got to be careful. The Bible says this in James to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will what? Flee. If I submit to God, which is first, meaning I pursue him, I submit myself, my flesh, to the Spirit of God, and then it says to resist. Resist. The Bible, or the, sorry, the meaning of that word resist means to run in terror. To run in terror from Satan. And it says he will flee. It's easy as that. So if today if you're feeling that you're being dominated or you feel the oppression of Satan or a demonic attack, submit to God, resist the devil, and he has to go. Amen. So let's talk about the flesh versus spirit. In Romans chapter 8, verse 3, it says this, For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. So let's break this down. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son. See, the law could not defeat sin. It could only detect sin. Only Jesus can defeat sin. Amen? And he did just that through his work on the cross. Sin is defeated. So you don't have to be dominated by it anymore. You don't have to be defeated anymore. Hallelujah. That's what his work did on Calvary. 
And it says, and us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. See, the people who enjoy this are those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. See, their life is marked by obedience to the Holy Spirit, not by obedience to the flesh. Let me just help you. You think you're not listening to one or the other? You are, and you either are listening to one or the other. It's either the Spirit of God or it's your flesh. You could be deceived, and Satan will have you deceived and manipulated. That's what he does really well at. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a killer. The Bible says that he is like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour, seeking who he may. I'm not going to let him devour me. Are you? Hallelujah. See, God wants the Spirit to rule over your flesh. But when we allow the flesh to reign over the spirit, we find ourselves bound by sinful patterns and desperation that even marked, or that were marked in Paul's life in Romans 7 of his struggle. He said, our walk or the pattern of our life must be according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. See, the problem with Christians that we get into is we get stuck in these cycles or these patterns these sinful patterns, or these struggles. But see, walking in the Spirit means that the course or the direction or the progress of your life is directed by the Holy Spirit. The only way you're going to get out of it is being led and directed by Him. And see, it is continued and it is a progressive motion. It's progressive. The Bible says this, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the mind or to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. So Paul gives an easy way for us to determine if we are walking in our spirit or if we are walking in our flesh. To simply see where your mind is set. The Bible says set your mind on things that are above, right? Right? Set your mind on things that are above. Set your mind on the Spirit of God. Where is your mind set on? What do you think about daily? And remember, that comes from what you feed on, what you're around. See, we shouldn't think that those who set their mind on the things of the flesh are just notorious sinners. Let me help you today. No, they may be good people who have good intentions, Right? Peter meant well when he told Je- when he told or Peter, sorry, he meant well when he told Jesus to avoid the cross, right? He meant well in what he was saying. He had good intentions. You know? And what did Jesus respond to Peter back with? He said, You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Now look, Peter, he was wrong, but he had a good intention. So look, you can still have good intentions, but still be wrong. And that's okay. Because you're growing. So don't beat yourself up, amen, but get to that place with God to where you're not coming under the slavery and the bondage of that sin, amen, and you can only do it when you set your mind on him. See, the Bible says to to be carnally minded is death. When our minds are set on the things of the flesh or carnally minded, we bring death into our lives, but walking in the spirit brings life and peace. So today, if you're experiencing death, 
How are you walking today? You can see how you're walking. But if you're experiencing life and peace, you're walking in the Spirit. It's the Word, guys. See, because the carnal mind is at enmity against God, see, the flesh battles against God because it does not want to be crucified and surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't want, have you ever noticed that your flesh doesn't want that? It likes to rebel. It, it, it enjoys it. See, it doesn't want to live out what Galatians 5.24 says. Those who are in Christ have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. Meaning, you're going to have passions and desires to live like everybody else that's an unbeliever. Remember, you are different. You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You are God's instruments to do his work. You are a Christian, a Christ follower. So you can't try to live according to that like the world. It won't work. We don't live in our flesh. We don't live in our mind. We don't live by feelings and emotions. We live according to faith. We live according to his word. Now, feelings and emotions are going to come, right? You're going to feel them all the time. You're going to have those feelings when you feel like something's not going right. But those are good indicators to tell you where you are right now within your heart. Get to where God is. Get in that presence. It says in his presence there is a fullness of joy. If you lack joy today, get in his presence. Hallelujah. See, Paul did not say that the carnal mind was at enmity with God. He put it even stronger than that. He said it this way. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not black, but it's blackness. It's not enmity, but it's enmity itself. It is not corrupt, but it's corruption. Notice the difference. It's not rebellious. It is rebellion. It's not wicked. It's wickedness, wickedness itself. See, the heart, though it be deceitful, it's positively deceit. It's evil and concrete. Sin is the essence, the, let me read it this way. I'm going to say that again. It is not rebellious, it is rebellion, it is not wicked, it is wickedness itself. This is the carnal mind. The carnal mind. Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 through 18 says this, but I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So let's break this down. Walk in the spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Simply put, if you walk in the spirit... You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, I want to help you today to be able to recognize the Holy Spirit, to be able to recognize your own personal spirit that's been changed. Because we have too many Christians living according to their flesh, and that's why they have no victory. That's why they never overcome. That's why they never get very far in their Christian life. Can I tell you that you can grow and develop in God and you don't have to have those same sins that you started with? You don't have to be addicted to pornography anymore. 
You don't have to have lust in your heart. You don't have to be addicted to drugs and alcohol anymore. You can actually live free. Now, temptation will come. Desires and passions will come for sure. That's what the Bible says. But you, living according to the Spirit, will overcome. Hallelujah. See, to walk in the Spirit first means that the Holy Spirit lives in you. It says that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. You are a dwelling place or a temple for the Spirit of God to be in you. Hallelujah. Second, it means to be open and sensitive to the influence of the Holy Spirit. Open and sensitive. You're either sin conscious or you're God conscious. Today, you can be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you right now, I had a best friend growing up, and I came from a church where it's a pretty big building, and his mom worked for the staff of the church, and she had this unique whistle. It was loud. And she could whistle from one side of the building, and my best friend would hear it. I didn't, but it was like a dog hearing a whistle. Anybody, oh, my mom's calling me. <laughs> he knew that whistle. He was sensitive to it. That's how it is in the spirit. You're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. You just know it's him. You know, today, if you're having a problem on being led by the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, the more intimate relationship you have with him, you'll know it's him. And a lot of times he is speaking to you. You're just not sensitive to it or you're not open to it. Because really, when you ask God to do something, you go ahead and override it with something you want to do. Right? Come on, we all do it. I can say this because I'm a living witness of it. I'm preaching to myself. But see, when you're sensitive to the Holy Spirit, remember, how does he speak to you? Well, he speaks to your spirit. He bears witness with your spirit. See, the Holy Spirit is on this earth. He's a person. He's with you. But you have your own personal spirit. That's the difference. Sometimes we get these two. Uh, we, we try to make them sound like they're the same. They're not. They're two different things. You have the Holy Spirit and your own personal spirit. Every person in this world has a spirit. People that are unsaved, their spirit is dead. People that are saved, their spirit is alive. Amen? Everyone understand that? So how does the Holy Spirit talk to you? Well, he speaks to your spirit. And your spirit even speaks to you, or that inner voice. And how, does he, how do you know is God speaking to you? Well, it confirms with his word. Amen? If you want to know if it's God, it confirms with his word. And look, you're not searching out a voice. Let me just help you right now. We're not seeking out voices, no. That's not the biblical way of doing it. So if you're trying to ask God, speak to me, I want to hear your voice, stop right now. No. Ask God to speak to you through the inner man. Ask God to speak to you through his word. Because if you're just going out for a voice, you might get another voice coming back at you. Be careful. No, but seek Knowing through him through his word. That's why it's so important to be in the house of God. So you can be taught the word of God. Look, church is more than just a Sunday morning thing. You know, 50 years ago, you had some strong Christians that knew the word of God. They had a strong foundation. I feel like the church has really turned away from that to where it's become entertainment. We've put a lot of focus on worship. And it's good. I love worship. I'm a worship leader myself. But we got to know the word of God. You should have memorization of scripture in you. It's not just for the sake of being religious and doing things because we just do them. No, it's because you know how to respond to the things in this world. You know, when someone comes up to you, you should be able to give account of who Jesus is. 
You should be able to talk to them, not disagree, not necessarily argue and fight them. That's not what I'm saying, or debate them. But you should be able to talk to them with a level from the Word of God rather than your opinion. Everyone has opinions. But see, it's His Word that will be sure, that will be that firm foundation. Because it's His Word that will change the lives of people that you minister to. Because you are all ministers of the gospel. Amen? Hallelujah. See... The third thing, it means to walk in the Spirit, means to pattern your life. Pattern your life. And this comes through development. This comes through daily intimacy with God. This is what it comes with. To pattern your life after the Spirit of God or His Word, you got to know Him. I've been married now for almost 11 years. And can I tell you, I know my wife. And I'm knowing her more and more every single day. But that is because of time and process, pursuing her. It's the same way with the father. You got to pursue him. Movies aren't that important. Your kids' games that take away from them from being in the house of God is not that important. See, one of the things that my parents did growing up, I played a lot of sport, but they made sure that I was in the house of God because that was more important than the sport I was going to play. Because it was my spirit or my soul that needed to be saved. Amen. Because I went to a public school. And can I tell you right now, I saw a lot of things that were completely opposite of what my parents were teaching me. You know, I have a seven-year-old, and that even gets in my mind sometimes, what am I going to do? Sometimes I worry about it. But then I remember I'm giving him a foundation of the Word of God. So we wake him up every morning, an hour before school. He's praying. He's memorizing Scripture. He's learning how to worship. He's learning how to pray. Why? So that he can know who he is when he goes into that place. It's so important for you when you go into your office, when you go into the job site, when you, wherever you go, that you know who you are in Christ so you can be a light to those people. Because that's why you're there. It's not about just making money. Look, life is not just about money, family, and cars, and houses. And all. That's more, no. That's the least of life. No, life is about him. Amen? Seven minutes. I haven't even got through my, yeah, sorry. Sorry, I said I was, this was going to be a three-part, so I'll continue the third part next week. Um, and let me just finish off with this, because I don't, don't want to give you too much, because I want you to come back next week. Let me read this last part. See, we can tell if somebody walks in the Spirit because they will look a lot like Jesus. If you want to know what it looks like to walk in the Spirit, look at the life of Jesus. You'll walk in power. You'll walk in authority. You'll walk with boldness. You'll walk in love. I mean, this is who Jesus is, right? This is who he was. Or sorry, I don't even say was. This is who he is. And this is how he demonstrated and lived his life. When you think about it, just even in Luke, where Satan tried to tempt Jesus... It said that Jesus was full of the spirit and a power going into that wilderness. He was prepared. He was ready. Whatever Satan was going to bring against him. And what, how did he respond to Satan? He responded to him through the word. I mean, the very first thing that he said to Satan was, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You can't live by just natural food alone, people. 
meaning the natural things of life, they won't satisfy you as a Christian. They just won't. You live according to the word of God, everything that proceeds out of his word. The Bible says to love him with your heart, with your soul, with everything you have within you. Love is not just a feeling and an emotion. Actually, I am going to hit that real quick. There's four types of love in the Bible when it comes to the Greek language. You got agape, you have philia, you have eros, and you have storge. But when it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, it talks about a love. And this is out of Galatians chapter 5. And this word describes a different kind of love. You know, so where you have philia, which is brotherly love, or you have storge, it's a word that shows affection and care, especially family affection. But agape is a decision rather than just spontaneity. It's a matter of your mind and your heart because it chooses to love the undeserving. See, agape has to do with your mind. It's not simply an emotion which just comes from your soul but it's something or it's a principle that you live out. It's a choice. It's a decision. It's an unconditional love. To love God. This is how we're supposed to act towards one another. To love one another. They'll know you by the love you have for him and by the love you have for one another. How can the world know and see that we're being led by the Spirit? Well, we know, and I won't jump into it, but next week I will. We'll talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and we'll talk about the works of the flesh. But the know by the fruit, fruit will be shown. I said this last week, how do I know that my lemon tree in my yard is a lemon tree? It produces lemons. That's how I know. It doesn't produce any other fruit. In the same way within your life, you will produce the fruit of the Spirit within your life as you walk in the Spirit. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.